work hard, show up every day to learn. Um, and then just the physical side of things. At that position, you got to be extremely physical. You know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, you know, guys got stronger in the offseason, and, and um, we're, we're handling it the right way, and, and guys are competing at a high level. You know, Eric Gray's done an unbelievable job every single day. Um, and, and so is Javante. Javante's come along every single day. For a young guy, you want him to continue to go that way and you know he hadn't been hadn't been stagnant at all and obviously we're throwing a bunch at him and he should still be in high school but he's handling it the right way but um the, the whole group itself collectively I'm extremely impressed There you go. There's DeMarco Murray talking about his running back so far this spring. He's been impressed with the work ethic that uh, everyone in that position has been putting out thus far. No Ted Lehman for the rest of the day. We'll catch up with him tomorrow. He's actually, Teddy's doing four hours with me tomorrow, so kind of an OG show for us. Back to two to six because Parker is on vacation. But Josh Helmer slides in with me live from the Newcastle Casino for the final two hours. The big topic today, man, has been this ESPN preseason FPI top 10. I do want to actually get to the fact that OU was in the top 10 at number 8. But I'm going to guess you're just as confused as anyone else as to why Texas was at number 6 on this list, has better odds to win the Big 12, a higher percentage to make the college football playoff, a higher percentage to make the national championship game, and even a higher percentage to go undefeated this year. I am confused. Absolutely am confused. First off, let me say good afternoon, Tyler. It's good to be with you. I was trying to think back when the last time you it's and I while. got to do a show was, but it's been a minute. Invite everybody out. Come see us over here at Newcastle Casino where happy hour is underway. 350 domestics, $5 wells. You know, for me, the thing with Texas and the FPI ranking there, it's supposed to be or it's billed to be a predictive measure, right? It, it predicts the likelihood of a team's success rate. So explain to me, how the heck could Texas's predictive success rate be higher than Oklahoma's? <laughs> you can't. No, I, I understand that OU's had a lot of turnover on the roster, and, and Texas has had some turnover, but I think turnover for them would be good, man. You know, you don't want to be bringing back a ton of bodies from a team that was 5-7 and seven last year. So whatever metric they're looking at, whether it's, you know, returning starts or whatever, I, I, maybe the ESPN FPI is looking at that as a positive. I'd view that as an extreme negative. I wouldn't want a whole lot of guys coming back from a team that lost to Kansas last year. Not me. I'm with you. Defensively, still plenty of problems for the Longhorns. They've not really shown any signs of playing good football on that side of the football really for, what, the the last decade? So I don't know why you would be confident that this season is going to be any different. Sure, there's been a couple of nice defensive players for Texas. I'm not saying there hasn't been. I get the excitement offensively. Uh, I would caution, though, when you're hitching your wagon to somebody in Quinn Ewers that has not played college football yet, sure, he can be the most talented player in the world, but there's going to be some growing pains. We saw that last season right here with one of the most talented freshmen in the country in Caleb Williams, right? Yep. Looked like he was going to be the, the next great quarterback at the University of Oklahoma, and early on he was every bit of that and more. But then guess what? Saw some better defenses at the end of the season versus 
Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State, and he, he looked like a youngster. So I just I don't know how strictly off Quinn Ewers. I know Xavier Worthy. I know what they have with B. John Robinson in the backfield. I get that. But beyond that, I've got a lot of question marks for Texas. They wouldn't be, Tyler, my number two pick in the Big 12 Conference no, going into next no, season. No, they're not top three for me either. Um, I think I like Oklahoma State better than Texas. I, I like Kansas State better. I like Baylor. I like OU better. So Texas might be number five, but um, yeah, dude, they're not They're not top two or top three for me. Text line says... <laughs> I want someone to look at me the way, the way ESPN looks at Texas. There's no doubt. Because ESPN, <laughs> whereas the rest of us see all the flaws, um, ESPN consistently has the beer goggles on when they look at the University of Texas. It's a shallow house situation is what it is when ESPN looks at UT, dude. They it don't see feel, any of the flaws. It does feel a lot like shallow house. It feels a little clickbaity, right? put Texas in front of Oklahoma even though they're coming off a losing season and then just try vehemently to defend why you have Texas ranked in front of Oklahoma let alone ranked in front of either a Baylor or Oklahoma State well that's that's the thing too is like we're making a big deal out of Texas being number six and have you know higher percentage to win the conference college football playoff than OU but Baylor's been way more successful than Texas the past decade, especially here recently. Same thing for Oklahoma State. Same thing for Kansas State. So we can get, I don't know if upset's the right word. I don't know if anyone's upset today, more annoyed and laughing at it. But it's not just OU that shouldn't be behind Texas. It's about four or five other teams in the conference at this point, man, especially if we're heavily weighing uh, what happened last year. Textline also asked, uh, I know it's not going to happen, but what if the predictions on Texas panned out to be true? Well, for that to happen, man, every single question mark that they have going into this year, which there's a lot, there's a lot of question marks on this team, Josh. Every single one of those questions would have to turn into a strength, and they'd have to figure out a way to do something that I haven't seen them do in a long, long, long time, which is handle success and be a consistent football team week to week. Because they've turned in a lot of bad, disappointing years here recently, but we see a really good Texas team in Dallas every single year, but you cannot count on that consistency week in and week out. So if it turns out to be true, I I mean, it's going to have to look completely opposite as to what it's looked like during the decade of suck the the last ten years. Well, and I would say, agreed with everything that you just said there, I would say, though, that if Texas were able to pull that off, you'd have to say that, of course, it's massive for Steve Sarkeesian and for Texas heading into the SEC. I mean, they've needed a season like that for so long. They sort of, kind of, right, had the blip on the radar season with Sam Ellinger and company where they got to the Big 12 championship game, but then, uh, of course, got beat by Oklahoma. And in that season, even though they got to the Big 12 championship game, Tyler, they lost four games. So Texas has been desperately looking for a season to where they can be, you know, an 11, 12 win type football type football team. I just don't think we've seen any signs that that's going to happen. If it does, though, in terms of recruiting and how they can parlay it moving forward into the SEC, it would be gigantic, especially with a quarterback like Quinn Ewers that is as young as he is. But even if, like I, okay, 
and I'm talking about a 9 or 10 win year. I'm not talking about winning the Big 12, going to the college football playoff or anything. But even if Texas has a good year this year, like, are we inclined to believe that they're going to parlay that into better seasons in the future or going into the SEC? Like, that's kind of my whole point. Like, moving forward, do I think Texas will have a good year at some point? Yeah, I think so. I think they'll have a good year. Again, I don't think that they have the discipline. I don't think that they have the culture to consistently, year in and year out, Josh, be a contender again. They can have another great year. Maybe, I'm sure they'll have a great year at some point in the SEC. But I don't trust them to replicate it. I know that we hammer culture left and right um, into everyone's heads around here, but culture matters. Texas doesn't have any of it. Prime example is the Sugar Bowl win. Sam Ellinger saying Texas is back, and they absolutely suck the very next year. You're not going to get consistency with that program. I'm sorry, you're yeah. not. No, it's a it's a fair point, and really until we see Texas do just that, under a head coach like Steve Sarkeesian, with a quarterback like Quinn Ewers, have a very successful season and then follow it up with another one and then replace that quarterback with a different quarterback and have success then, you can't really expect or predict that to happen. Really, anymore, Texas, and I, I, I don't even really feel comfortable saying this because to me it's a slap in the face to Oklahoma State. It doesn't give them credit. But really – with Texas, you almost feel they're more akin to an Oklahoma State. Good year, a really good year, maybe once every four is kind of all I can really count on them for, and I don't even know if I can count on them for that. Sure. OU does come in at number eight in this uh, <laughs> metric that we're mocking. Bama at one, Ohio State at two, Georgia at three, Clemson at four, Notre Dame at five, Texas at six, Michigan at seven, OU at eight, Pitt at nine, Auburn at ten, which nine and ten are – Almost as bad as Texas being at number six. OU, though, at number eight. Chance to make the college football playoff 13%. First off, is that too high, too low, or dead on balls accurate for the Sooners this season? I think it's way too low. I I do. And, you know, I'd be curious to hear your reaction to this. Uh, I think it's too low. I don't think it's like 50% or something very high, but how many teams can we definitively say are better than OU this year? Bama, Ohio State, I'll throw Georgia in that mix. Is there is there anyone else? Like, there's certainly other teams that you can make an argument that will be better than OU. Clemson being one of them. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame being one of them. But definitively, like, there's no question they'll be better than OU. Is it just Bama, Georgia, and Ohio State? Yeah, I, I would say so. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Okay. Th- those three. So those are three teams. It's a four-team playoff, and none of those three teams are inside your conference. Mm-hmm. I believe OU will be the favorite to win the conference and be a favorite in every single game. So, again, it's not 50%, but it's higher at 13. I would probably put it in the neighborhood of... Like one in three. Yeah, I was going to say like 30%, so we're right around the same number. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I would say this, this is what I was curious to get your reaction to. We thought going into into last season with Oklahoma having had won six consecutive Big 12 championships, and of course, you know, thinking back, you had the Heisman Trophy favorite and Spencer Rattler, and obviously we know how that played out and everything that transpired there. We thought the gap that Oklahoma had over the rest of the conference was as big as it had ever been, right? And probably, as it turned out, we undervalued 
defensively what Oklahoma State was going to be, and we certainly undervalued the type of turnaround that Dave Aranda was going to engineer as quickly as he did at Baylor. Now, having said that, (laughs) I'm going to do it again. I think going into this season, genuinely, because of some of the losses of, say, a Petrie at, uh, at Baylor, and because of the defensive losses that Oklahoma State has had, I kind of think the gap going into this season that Oklahoma has over the rest of the Big 12 Conference might be wider than we thought it was a season ago. Ooh, man. Hey, dude, I don't think it's um, wrong to assume that this year's team is going to be better than last year's team. I think they're going to have better quarterback play. I think the offensive line play is going to be better, which means the running game will be better. Uh, I think the wide receiver play will help uh, help out with that. I don't think the defense will be as talented as it was a year ago, but will they have better numbers? I don't think that that's crazy. They're putting more focus on special teams. They'll be better coached. So at first when you said that, I was like, ooh, boy, dang. But it all depends on Baylor. Let's see if Baylor can replicate mm-hmm. what they were a year ago. But if Baylor takes a step back, you may not. that may not be the craziest take out there. Well, and how do you feel about – Spencer Sanders, right? I, you know, great performance in the bowl game, but I don't feel comfortable that I'm going to see a full season of that. I think the the resume is out, the tape is there. He he'll have a game or two like that. He was pretty good in the Bedlam game versus Oklahoma in winning that thing. Uh, obviously had the big touchdown run, but I, I don't trust that that's going to be a week in week out thing with them. And again, defensively, they're just replacing so much, and, and I'm not sure that they're set to in one season's time turn around and replace all of that i mean that was a historic oklahoma state defense so we'll see i'm just saying that i don't think it's the craziest thing that maybe oklahoma actually has a bigger gap going into this season than they did last season espn says ou's biggest obstacle is turnover this isn't the oklahoma the selection committee has known Coach Lincoln Riley left for USC, and quarterbacks Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler both transferred, along with several other talented offensive players. Uh, interesting uh, comment. This isn't the Oklahoma the selection committee has come to known. That's not necessarily a bad thing, man, because the committee <laughs> right. was really starting to sour on OU getting uh, destroyed in the playoff and the uh, style of play that they were bringing along to them with the, in the semifinals. Yeah, thank goodness it's not that Oklahoma that everybody used to know where they, they're well-known for putting up all these points, but really everybody knows how the, the movie ends in the college football playoff. ESPN says what the committee will like about OU, a strong finish. OU's schedule is backloaded with a trip to West Virginia, sandwiched between home games against Baylor and Oklahoma State. The Sooners finish their regular season on the road against Texas Tech. If OU can survive November... The Sooners should be in position to play for the Big 12, uh, Big 12 title, assuming they avoid a disastrous start. Which stretch of the season do you view as more difficult? November, where you've got that Oklahoma, the Oklahoma State game and Baylor game at home and the Rhodes games at West Virginia in Lubbock? Or do you think it's going to be tougher early on in the season, maybe OU trying to find its way, when they have the three-game stretch of at Nebraska, Kansas State at home, and Texas and Dallas. Well, and I would actually toss that road trip into TCU, into yeah. that mix as well, if they can figure out the quarterback situation there. To, to me, yeah, that stretch of three and four is, is more difficult. I, it's tough, though. It's close because 
Baylor and Oklahoma State, I think, are going going to be your chief competition in terms of the league, but both of those games are in Norman. And and you're going to be better, at least I think, at that point in the year, right? I think it's fair to assume that first year in a system, both offensively and defensively, you're probably going to be clicking a little bit more come that time in November than you might be in September. So that's why I would say the front part of the schedule is the teams aren't tougher, but it's a more difficult run than late in the season. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like on paper, it wouldn't be more difficult outside of the Texas game, but I just think early in the season and the fact that you got a couple of road trips in there. In Kansas State, hey, let's give the Wildcats credit. They have given Oklahoma fits and problems yeah. over the last three, four seasons. Yeah. Uh, one more. What the committee won't like about OU, the number 42 strength of schedule which includes non-conference games against UTEP, Kent State, and Nebraska. The September 17th trip to Lincoln isn't a gimme, but if OU is playoff worthy, it should be 3-0 against this lineup. Um, I wonder if this is another year, and perception really matters, and let's see if OU can flip the perception of you know what people nationally think of them, but if this might be another year where one loss OU would really have to sweat it to make it into the college football playoff with that schedule. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you just don't have the Ohio State game on the schedule or Notre Dame as in years past. Yeah, it's – I mean, unless Nebraska surprises us, right? But it's, again, that that's like the last program you can put any sort of stock into that suddenly Scott Frost and Nebraska – are about to put together a winning season. Yeah, totally. All right, keep it coming on the Air Cover Solutions text sign. We'll get to more of your text coming up next. And, hey, Sooner softball in less than two hours going to start the series in Austin against Texas, 405-651-3439. It is the rush right here on The Ref. More to come next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the show. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call us. Stop by any of our emergency repairs, to just name a few. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma, can help take the ease off of your staff, but fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Call Gary and the team today, 405-573-3048. Toll solicitors, 918-282-7612. Teddy uh, texted in a uh, very nice thoughts <laughs> during the break. Oh, he did? Is, you know, that article was hammering OU strength of schedule, saying, well, you know, they got a strength of schedule in the 40s, and the committee's not going to like that because they have a very weak non-conference schedule. Well, the people that wrote the article were the same people that, judging by their own metrics, Josh, are picking Nebraska to win the Big Ten West next year. So how does that work huh. out? You say OU schedule sucks, but they're playing on the road against the team that you mathematically have winning the Big Ten West. And I understand the Big Ten West isn't necessarily the SEC West, but Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, I mean, they're solid football teams out there. So I... Good point by Teddy. That's, I don't get it either. Well, if Nebraska winds up doing that like they're projecting, then it's going to be a great 
non-conference win for Oklahoma. Look, is it going to be the best non-conference win out of anybody? Probably not, even if Nebraska goes on to be the Big Ten West division champion. But under that scenario, it would be a helping force in the non-conference for OU. Text line says ESPN is composed of a bunch of college grads who are known to steal their peers' intellectual talking points. <laughs> I don't. I, I didn't. What does see, that mean? I didn't see any intellectual talking points though in that ranking. I don't. I don't think anyone who knows what they're talking about is putting uh, Texas at six, Auburn at ten, and Pitt at nine. But you still might be right. Yeah, some very curious names there in the top ten. Uh, one more. How how much more consistent do you think OU will be this season? I mean, the hope is a lot more, right? I mean, so many positive things have happened in the program, but that's one thing that we're just not going to see until the season starts. I'm hoping, just like everyone else, Josh, that gone are the days of being a 22-point home favorite and losing – or having a 21-point lead in the second half and finding a way to lose that game against a team that you're much better than. We'll see if that's the case. I, I would guess that they are going to be a more consistent program moving forward, but we'll see. Yeah, the ability when you have a two-score lead to really put the hammer down and race away from people, that was a constant problem throughout the Lincoln-Riley era. They just couldn't put teams away on so many different occasions. I'm not saying there weren't a couple of really impressive performances in there. I mean, the Texas Tech game, who stunk last season, I mean, that's at least one example from last year that comes to mind where, okay, you beat somebody down into submission pretty good. TCU, that was another performance like that. But by and large, just way too many games. Kansas State, the game that you lost at home, a couple of years ago, you can't lose that game. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, man. Um, there's been some great OU teams in the past that have slipped up against bad teams. I mean, OU won a national championship and lost to Kansas in the same year. Uh, the 01 team lost to a bad OSU team at home. The 02 team lost to A&M and Oklahoma State. Teddy's flipping me off right now if he's listening to this right now. <laughs> there, there have been some really good OU teams in the past that have lost to some average at best football teams. So, you know, I, I like to think that they're going to be more consistent and not drop any more of those stinkers. But OU's had some legit teams, and it's happened before, man. It's kind of one of those easier said than done type of things, that, especially when you have the uh, target on your, your back every year like OU does, I guess. What's a reasonable expectation for next season? Where are you at with things? Because – Maybe I'm too pie in the sky, but I do expect to see more consistency from Oklahoma. I think they've got the talent on campus to certainly go win this Big 12 conference again. And just looking at the schedule, okay, if Nebraska's the Big Ten West champ, which, by the way, I don't see that happening. Even if they're that, to me, Oklahoma is certainly better than Nebraska. They should be equipped to go into Lincoln, Nebraska and win. I just It's hard for me to find losses on this schedule for Oklahoma beyond maybe a Texas down in, down in Dallas just because of the game itself. And, I don't know, maybe somewhere else just because it's college football and you don't always play your best every single week. But I just think OU's so much better than the rest of this league. Yeah, like when we're talking about baseline expectations, you start with the Big 12 championship. 
I, look, there's turnover, there's a new staff, whatever. Um, OU can still win the conference next year. They sh- will still be favored too. So, I, I mean, in terms of what can they accomplish, can they win a national championship next year? I, I'm not going to go that far. I don't think so. Can they make it to a national championship game? Uh, that one's a little bit tough for me too. Mm-hmm. But I think they can make the college football playoff. I, I, I think that they can be a one-loss team, make it to the college football playoff, and really push someone in a semifinal game. Would you define ten and two as good or bad? Uh, depends. Do they win the Big Twelve and do they win a New Year Six bowl game? Because, yeah, I, I if there's two losses, you have to win the conference and you have to win your New Year Six bowl game. I think for that year to be called a success. I think I agree with that. I mean, the bare minimum for Oklahoma, they need to get the Big 12 championship. They need that trophy back in their trophy case before they head off yeah. to the SEC. I mean, that's that's probably the most important thing from this next season. But, gosh, I just I look at the schedule, and to me, if you're telling me there's two regular season losses, it's going to be hard even with the Big 12 championship and a New Year's Six Bowl win for me to to totally define that as a success. And maybe that's unrealistic. Maybe I'm out in left field on this deal. I just genuinely think that Oklahoma has the pieces in place to make a serious run at the college football playoff. Text line says Big 12 champs and college football playoff berth or bust. I like the high expectations. High expectations are healthy for a program, so i got no issue with that. Hey, um, we are less than an hour and a half until game one of OU and Texas in softball. I believe that game's only going to be – aired on uh, the Longhorn Network this weekend. But OU is uh, chasing a little bit of history here. Got a nice little win streak going. Texas can hit. That's where Texas is. If they give you problems in the series, that's where they're going to give you problems. Is OU just going to sweep this series? No issue at all. No problem. Barely have to lift a finger. Or is Texas really going to push OU in Austin the next three nights? I don't think they're going to push Oklahoma each of the next three nights, but I think one of the three, one of the three will be close. I like Oklahoma to sweep it, though. I just don't think that Texas is in that same category, and I don't know that anybody in college softball is in the same category of Oklahoma right now when you think about what the pitching looks like with Jordy Ball, what she's doing, Nicole May with Hope Troutwine. Uh, just the lineup itself, okay, is it is it as explosive as a year ago? If it's not, it's not far off. So I just, man, I think Oklahoma's really pointing their compass to tonight and this weekend to say, okay, if you don't think that outside of the UCLA game or a couple of other opponents along the way that we've truly been tested, we're, we're getting tested this weekend and we're going to use it to make a statement. I just, and I think that's human nature, right, that it gets – I don't know, boring to run rule as often as Oklahoma run rules. I think they want a challenge, yeah. and that sets Oklahoma up to play really, really well the next three nights. So uh, on the latest Diamond Envy podcast, find that in Apple podcast, by the way, OU softball podcast, uh, Eric Lopez joined me, and I asked him, man, 36-0 start. I'm not trying to jinx the softball team before everyone texts us in, but I asked him if it's, if it's an obtainable thing if OU can be known as the best team ever. Tell me what you think about Eric Lopez's response.
What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eric Lopez is totally right. If First of all, yes, they have a chance to do this, and it's not crazy to say that. I think, you know, a couple of months back, that was something that I brought up to Plank, and he sort of says, ah, come on. I mean, we did this same thing last year. They got off to the fast start. Then they had the midweek game versus Georgia. You're just not going to go undefeated. Yes, yes, this team can go undefeated. They're that good. And if they do that, then there is no debate. They're the best of all time. And I would even take it one step further to say this. If they drop one game before the postseason – but run the postseason unscathed and finish with just the lone loss, I think that yeah. is a resume good enough to say they're the best of all time. Yeah, because I don't I don't want to say we've never seen it, but it's been a while at least. Dude, they are a legit 1-2-3 pitching staff. And that was kind of the – not the bugaboo last year because you had such a great pitching performance – in the WCWS by G. Juarez, but pitching wasn't always the strength of the team last year. But, man, they, they could really hit. They could hit this year. They've got a .60 ERA in the circle. This team is better than last year. And, Josh, I think it can win in more ways than it did last year, too. So I'm with you. If they don't end up undefeated, but they're a one or maybe even a two-loss national champ, I still think that they're going to have a great claim as the best team of all time. But even if they don't, according to Eric Lopez – OU houses the best team of all time, which was 2013. So that's a, that's a pretty good little start there. Yeah, nice consolation prize that via Eric Lopez, regardless of how this thing plays out, when OU inevitably wins another national championship, maybe we can lay claim to at least one and two. <laughs> Seriously, man, that might, that might be the case. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. It is the rush on the ref. More to come next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Nice umbrella, Brad. Are you expecting some rain? Well, it could rain any time here at Seth Wadley Buick GMC in Paul's Valley. <laughs> Why's that, Brad? It looks kind of sunny. It's been on the ref. Brought to you by Pacifico. Pacifico, let it remind you to live life. Anchors up. Josh Helmer in for Teddy for the rest of the afternoon. This is normally where we do what caught Teddy's eye. We will continue to do that here. Uh, what caught Teddy's eye brought to you by Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, a former Sooner. Check uh, check him out over there at Roof Tech. They do an amazing job. Number for that is uh, 405-703-4245. I got a couple stories here. First off, the greatest name in sports. Now, the greatest name in Sooner history is Elvis Peacock, but the greatest name in sports history is Dickie Nutt. Yeah, that's right. Dickie Nutt. He was hired today as an assistant coach at Missouri. Uh, Dickie Nutt is the brother of former Arkansas and Ole Miss coach Houston Nutt. But it seems today, Josh, that the Internet, whereas we've known Houston Nutt for over 20 years, people finally found out that he has a brother, and his first name is Dickie. <laughs> and his last name is Nutt. Yes. Which uh, I'm sure led to some great school comments, which, hey, let me just say I'm here for. Uh, this next one made me laugh last night. Uh, this was tweeted out by former Kansas State head coach Bill Snyder. Congratulations to Bill Self, his staff, the KU players, and their fans for a special accomplishment in an NCAA national championship. Well-deserved. Our state is proud of you. What's wrong with that? It's an extremely 
classy tip to an in-state rival. What's wrong with that? Well, nothing's really wrong with it other than the fact that it comes nine days after KU actually won the national championship. You got to love Bill Snyder. I don't know if he just found out last night that KU won the national championship in hoops, but tweeting it out nine days after the fact seems like pretty on brand for Coach Snyder. I love it. Yeah, I don't know if that was a scheduled tweet from Coach Snyder. He was just expecting it. Or if the grieving process finally finished up for Coach Snyder, and that's why he was finally able to respond. My favorite part of that entire saga, though, was he sends out a classy tweet, which is, of course, par for the course for one of the greats of all time. Coach Bill Snyder, we know. That's that's his thing, right? Sending letters, super classy guy, and uh, incredible football coach. Means the world to Kansas State. Basically invented football at uh, Kansas State University. But the quote tweets from Kansas State fans that were not thrilled. Seriously? There had, oh, yeah. This is like, coach, no. What are you doing? Don't compliment the Jayhawks. Wow. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Uh, Elon Musk is offering to buy Twitter for $43 billion. That would buy the 10 most valuable NFL teams. Uh, it would buy the 12 most valuable NBA teams, every NHL franchise, and every MLS franchise. And I, as I was telling Teddy earlier, for $41 million, it would buy the, it would buy the Cowboys, it would buy the, uh, the Knicks, it would buy the Warriors, and I think it would buy the uh, Patriots as well. Wow. And maybe maybe the Yankees, yeah. It, it's just an incredible amount of money that he's using to try to buy Twitter.com. Jeez. Which, hey, more power to him. Uh, obviously, he's one of the richest people in the world, and that gives you the option and the ability to make those types of decisions. What What is the end game, though? Why does he want Twitter? How much more... Can Twitter really grow? Uh, he wants the he wants the whole world, man. If you got that much money, you might as well. Uh, <laughs> Indeed, might as well, well he might wind up with the whole world too. Outgoing Big Twelve Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said this today on a Dallas radio station. "Quotes: You look at the people that have left the Big Twelve in the past. You could argue that none of them are doing better now than they were doing before, with the perhaps exception of Texas A and M." In quotes. Thoughts. Oh, I mean, you know, financially, Nebraska would probably disagree, but I think we... As would Missouri. Correct. I think we collectively, though, would, uh, would... And I think Nebraska fans obviously would agree, too, that the move to the Big Ten has not been super successful for them athletically. It's been a disaster in that respect. Not that they really left the Big 12 and, you know, left the Big 12 on good footing. They had the one good year with... Crick and in Domican Sioux where they made the Big 12 championship game and lost to Texas but generally speaking they kind of left the conference on a down tick anyways and the, the Big 10 move has not helped them in football uh, Texas A&M is definitely in a much better place than they were in when they were in this conference yeah separating from Texas separating from Oklahoma and having for the period of time that they had that ability to negative recruit or you know positive recruit for themselves and say hey we're in the sec come play here and you can stay in the state of texas there's no doubt that it totally warped uh, that program for a positive and uh, really i mean has positioned them for the first time i think in the school's history to kind of be the flagship program in the state totally forgot to pass this along when uh I, someone uh, notified me on the text line uh, around two o'clock ou women's gymnastics did win their match today 
they had a uh, one nine eight over Utah, over Minnesota, over Alabama. So OU moves on for the right to play or compete, I should say, for another national championship on Saturday. So OU women's gymnastics trying to get back in the winter circle, and I think they have a great chance, man. They they beat the number one team in the country um, earlier this season in Michigan. You definitely got to put OU as one of the favorites to win the uh, women's gym uh, national championship. Absolutely. And I think we, because of what KJ Kindler has done to build this thing and the talent that she keeps bringing into the program, man, we cannot take for granted what she and that team are doing over there. Tyler, on that stage to post a 198.1125, when the other three schools that they were competing against, they all they beat every single one by a half point is amazing. Yeah, it it is. is an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, it is. Uh, text line says false Dick Trickle is a better name. Old, <laughs> Dick Trickle. Old NASCAR driver. Yeah, that's pretty good. But Dicky Nut, come on, guys. Uh, can we also recognize that Nebraska was on the downhill before they left? Their last Natty slash playoff appearance is 97, and their last New Year's Six appearance is 01. Recruits the last few years weren't even born yet. That is from uh, Peyton. Well, they played the point. national championship game in 2001, but still, point proven. Point proven. They were on the decline. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I 2010, they played in a Big 12 championship, won the North, and I know that the North stunk during that time, but Nebraska was still a program that was, you know, winning close to 10 games a year. They weren't elite anymore, there's no doubt, but they were much better than they, – they had uh, – they at least had Sue and Crick in the middle of their defensive line. Man. They had uh, Roy Haluja. I mean, they, they had much better players across the that, field. That was a standalone season, though. I mean, from Callahan and beyond, they were pretty bad. That's true. Yeah, they were. Um, they got a little bit better with Bo Pelini, but you're right. The ceiling was kind of there with him. Text line also says OU 14, Texas 6. Uh, that might be right. Not a whole lot of times OU's allowed six runs this year, though. You know? When your uh, ERA is sub one as a squad, Texas is going to have to hit pretty well to score uh, six runs this evening. But that game getting underway in uh, just over an hour in in Austin. All right, keep the text coming. Air Coverage Solutions text line 651-3439. We'll close up hour number two of the rush coming up next. It is the Rush on the Ref. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the Rush Emergency Repairs. Cavens Construction can help you out with that. 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Text line is uh, worried about our OU softball discussion. They are worried that it is rat poison for the team right now. Rat what poison. is going on? Hope OU women aren't listening. I can guarantee you they are not listening to us. We have some really pessimistic folks on the text line when it comes to the the dominance of the OU softball team. It's like anytime you or I or somebody at the station says something positive, ah, you're jinxing them. Yeah. 
I they're so good that they have so much success. I you can't jinx this team. Trust me. I tried to last year. <laughs> All right. I really it, that didn't even work. Okay. They still still found a way to win the national championship, even after losing the first game to James Madison and the first game in the championship series to Florida State. They are unjinxable. I promise you. You can say all the nice things you want about them. They're awesome. And if Texas beats them, guess what? It will be hard-earned for Texas, and tip your cap if the Longhorns find a way to beat the Sooners. It won't be because we on this radio program talked about how Oklahoma has a chance to go undefeated. Yeah, how it cra- won't. How crazy is that if, if Texas loses the series at home, which they're expecting maybe the – Biggest crowds ever for a Texas softball game. If Texas loses the series at home, if they only win one game, it is a massive success for them this weekend. That's how good OU is. If they win one game, Texas will be ecstatic. That's how awesome OU is. If they win one game, they might jump up five spots in the polls. I I mean, they probably will. They probably will, man. Texas would definitely take one win out of three this weekend. All right, final hour of The Rush is next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.